Sean, why is your documentary Cam Girls controversial? Um, I don't know that it is. <laughs> I don't know that it is controversial. I, I guess I'll, I'll see, but um, I think anytime you're showing women empowering themselves and especially uh, leveraging their sexuality to empower themselves, I think that's something that really threatens people and scares people a little bit. And I, I hope that this movie goes a long way to uh, lessening that. Well, I know you like subject matter that is maybe slightly different from the norm or pushes mm -hmm. the envelope a little bit. Uh, will you ever make a film that's not maybe just slightly pushing the envelope a little bit? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, that, like that's the thing. I, I really appreciate uh, normal things. I, fi I find a lot of inspiration and beauty in the mundane and average things. So, you know, that, that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm always drawn by those things, but um, I do always end up finding a unique twist on it or a spin on it that, that makes it feel unexpected. So uh, I don't know, probably not, probably not to answer your question. <laughs> well, forgive me, I haven't seen your other work, but mm -hmm. from looking at your IMDb and just seeing some of the, the trailers and stuff, I mean, you definitely like subjects that are very sort of non-mainstream. Yeah, yeah, people have said, uh, uh, this one website called me the master of fringe Americana. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's cool. Good. That's a pretty fitting description. Awesome. Not that I'm always going to try to live up to that, but I think that's a pretty good description of, uh, of, the, of the subject matter I've tried to tackle so far. Right. I mean, do you think you could ever do something where it's like, you know, hey, corporate dads talk about their favorite weekend uh, pastime? Or... Um, yeah, maybe. But I think I could find an interesting spin on it that could uh, maybe say something about the human condition. Uh, that, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm interested in doing. And I do do that type of work, but it's usually uh, paid. <laughs> okay, right, right. <laughs> That's how we make money. <laughs> well, speaking of maybe possibly their favorite pastime, how did you discover the topic for Cam Girls? Uh, Cam Girls, you know, they were on my radar a little bit. Um, I remember it really hitting me that, that I had to make this film. I was watching just your standard, just watching internet porn with my girlfriend. And one of those, you just hear a voice and you're like, where is that coming from? And there's a pop-up sitting there and it's some woman sitting in some room somewhere speaking to someone and you're not sure what's going on and that kind of led me down this this rabbit hole of of asking myself all the types of questions that would uh, lead you to make a documentary like this so it really it kind of came from a, a from a spark of inspiration where where i saw this woman and i asked all these questions about her and me and my girlfriend started talking about it a little bit more and then once i heard them refer to each other as cam girls i thought that sounds like a title of a really really rad documentary that i'd love to see so like Let's just make it. Let's make it. Well, then how did you access, because you have so many interesting mm -hmm. women, all of them are fascinating. They're all such individuals. How did you access them and, and how did you get them to even allow you to come to their home? Yeah, it was tough because I think that I think what they deal with, uh, I, I think it, gaining access to this community is really tough because they're, they're used to dealing with people like me who are just fans of theirs who are trying to gain further access to their worlds. and. And here I am, just some dude trying to gain further access to their world. So, of course, I think at first we were met with some resistance. But, you know, what actually really helped me was that uh, my previous film, Oxiana, had, uh, had, had really had some, it, it had a compassionate tone for people that you wouldn't expect. And I think that they saw that and saw where I was going with my filmmaking. And we were able to get in with a woman named Sophia Locke who... Um, who runs a thing called uh, a Cam Mansion, and she just has a whole bunch of girls get together a couple times a year and get in a mansion and cam together. So 
once we got in with her, we were able to meet a lot of girls and um, having her introduce us to the community really helped. It, it really helped. But you know, we had to earn trust with every single subject. There, there was no shortcut to this. Mm -hmm. What are some of your things that you do? I mean, obviously showing them your mm -hmm. prior work, mm -hmm. but so that they know too that you won't cut it in a certain way because yeah. you made all the girls look great yeah. um, and, and you show that they were real humans, mm -hmm. but how did you sort of get them to... Um, I think part of it, uh, this might sound really hippy-dippy, it's just being ourselves and, and kind of putting out what you expect to get back. You know, I share with them things about my world. I'm myself. I open up. Um, I do that on set. I, I do that. Um, you, there's one version of me, you know, and I, I think that they start to understand that. And I think, I think that the cam girls really appreciated too that that there was women behind this project. That that my girlfriend was producing it, and there there wasn't going to be some creepy thing going on. That a woman was editing it, and and that we had every intention to to celebrate their lifestyle and to make make the mainstream kind of question their values instead of questioning the cam girls values so kind of holding up a mirror to the audience i think that they really appreciated those aspects of where we were going with this also the trailer helped we produced the trailer in order to to raise the money and they saw the tone of that so a lot of girls were contacting us based on that so you do some self-disclosure. I, I know I've heard oh, yeah. therapists say that they do self-disclosure to yeah. get patients to open up. So it sounds like in some ways that's also your way to establish. It, it's not even necessarily to get people to open up. It's just like I'm saying, there's like there's just kind of one version of me and we're we're not trying to put anything on. Um, there There is no set agenda. So yeah, I'm just myself and I'm, you know, kind of just like uh, this roving pothead and I'm pretty harmless. So I think people <laughs> pick up on that and yeah, that's it. I noticed too with the film that you showed them all beauty, you know, all beautiful and dolled up and in mm -hmm. front of the camera and, and talking with their customers. But then you had the audio, mm -hmm. which was much more sounded like their real selves mm -hmm. um, and some of the painful things that they went through. Yeah. How did you come to that decision to do it like that? Well, I, I think it was important to kind of uh, to to show the the disparity, the difference there between what their on camera personas are and what their off camera personas are and. One of the, you know, it was a, it was an immediate thing where when when we first realized we were going to make the movie, I said to myself, well, how am I going to get through and get something that's not what they're used to doing on camera? They're used to being on camera. They're used to, oh, I see what's going on here. They're savvy. So to kind of break that down a little bit, what I decided to do was conduct no on camera interviews. So what I would do is I would just I would sit with the girls um, in wherever in their house, on their couch, on their bed. I would get real close to them, we'd get a mic nice and close, and we would just talk for a couple hours. And I would call, from, from those interviews, we, we put together the audio that, that kind of underlays over the film. And we're telling two different stories at once, but they really work well together. And you're hearing something that's really genuinely them. You know, I talk about like it's, it's their midnight voice, it's their rated R voice, it's their just talking to a friend voice. And uh, to, to be able to get that, uh, you know, it wasn't. It wouldn't have been guaranteed if we would have just slapped the camera in front of them, because because like I said, they're they're very savvy to that. So instead, we uh, we focused on getting through to their you know down to the nitty gritty of their stories in a really low stakes environment. And I think that that helps bring out their real voice. And is that something that you just saw over time? Because so much when you when you go to someone's place to they're in on mode and they yeah. want to present the best yeah. PR yeah. aspect that they can. Yeah, you just see it too often when you take <laughs> out the camera and someone's like a deer in the headlights, and that that puts the worst feeling over me as a filmmaker. I don't want to 
I don't want to make someone feel like that, let alone capture it, you know, for, especially for something like this. We're, we're trying to get in there and, and depict what they normally do, not what they're doing like on camera for us. So to make our presence as little known as possible is, is super important to me. And yeah, that, that's really what fueled that decision was, was that seeing how many times you try and fail to, to get somebody to act like themselves on camera. And I had experimented with this style, with, with doing the, the off-camera interview um, in some commercials, and I knew it, it could be successful in storytelling in a, in a smaller way. And my editor and I just loved the challenge of, of doing it for an entire film, for a whole film that, that kind of is interview-based, but never really showing an interview. I, I dug it. Wow. That's excellent. Yeah. Sean, with this technique of getting their audio and just talking to them one-on-one -on -one without the camera, was this something that you learned from another filmmaker or film school? Um, I, uh, no, I didn't go to film school. I, I, I have a lot of influences, but not necessarily specifically for, for that style. It was something that, uh, like I said, I dabbled around with on commercials a little bit and realized how it could work. And also just, just kind of uh, reading the audience and seeing what's out there currently and kind of just kind of going against the tide a little bit. Uh, you know, with with just trying to do something that maybe is a little bit more engaging and not what you'd expect. So, yeah, not necessarily one filmmaker I can point to in particular, but uh, lots of guys over time for sure, and women. So when you would go into their homes, um, how many people were with you? Oh, small, small, four or five people, I think, you know, at most. And when the when the shows were actually going on, when they were being filmed, just our cameraman was in there. And, uh, you know, because at that point I had already spoken to them, I'd loosened them up. We had done uh, this podcast style interview and that was all like the pressure was off them. And now they could just be themselves and, and kind of live their life, which we showed some of that and do their cam show without worrying about us. And our camera guy was the only one in there when, when the shows were going on. But besides that, we only, we only had a crew of uh, five or six people at any given time. So when that camera guy was in there, the, there were real live customers oh, yeah. getting shows? Oh, yeah, wow. okay. yeah. We didn't contrive anything or put anything on or do anything for the camera. It was just, it was simply, you know, we would just tell the girls, like, it's no pressure. We're going to show up. We're going to film you doing what you normally do. And, and that's all we did. And, you know, we, we were very, we were decisive and bold in, in our, our decision making uh, in terms of approaching the visuals beforehand. And uh, I, th I think it pays off. I think it's a very interesting looking and feeling movie. Oh, absolutely. And I'm wondering when you would go into each home, did you had a specific idea of what you wanted to film or you'd kind of just uh, see what happens? You know, you, you try to, you, you know, that, that's where a lot of the decisiveness comes in is, you know, me and my producer and my cinematographer sitting down beforehand and saying, oh, what types of situations are we going to find ourselves in and how can we prepare ourselves for those? But once you're there, it's like all those things get burned down and, and you're, you're just in someone's space. So you're really just in the moment trying to notice things, trying to pick up on things. And there's, there's a real quick kind of in the moment conversation that's going on. But a lot of it is just relying on your, your core principle values that you went into that film for and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm only existing in this world. We're, we're not shooting slow motion. We're not shooting any straight to camera things. We're not shooting any on camera interviews. We're not shooting any handheld. So, you know, you, you kind of, you, you put a box around yourself and then try to just be as creative as you can in there. And that, that's all we were doing with this. Right. Did anyone try to talk you out of making the film? Um, yeah, probably, but I ignore everything anyone says when it comes to that stuff, you know. There's a lot of people out there that, uh, 
that troll documentaries in a way that you know kind of confounds me you know there there is a there's a certain like a, almost a journalistic expectation that comes along with it and I don't know I, I I find a lot of the people that say you shouldn't do something I find them to be boring and uh, they're living their life through their fear brain and that's just not how I live mine <laughs> what were some of the the things thrown at you if you can recall any of them I'm uh, curious what they I don't say. know I really don't know that I'm the not, subject I'm not matter. one to respond to criticism I just these things speak for themselves you know I, I, my goal is to get to the final product and put it out there and, and, and hope that the, that the conversation becomes really multifaceted and, and that it's starting a discussion. You know, that, that's my hope. So, I mean, any criticism that happens at the beginning, like, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you making that? That usually is more of an indication about uh, the fears and insecurities of whoever's saying it. And I'm like super aware of that. So I, I just, it's so easy to ignore. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's easier and easier to ignore. Yeah. I think a lot of YouTube comments are the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, uh, sort of the, the traditional route, with the festival route, I know with your other film... Uh, Oxiana. Oxiana, mm -hmm. that you premiered at Tribeca, was it? But yeah. then you decided you weren't going to go to any more festivals. Yeah. And then with Cam Girls, you premiered at an adult con or something? Oh, or yeah. We just did a, we did a screening at, um, at the AVN Awards in, okay. uh, in Las Vegas, kind of just to, to dip our toe in the water and show that industry, hey, here's something we made about the adult industry. Um, that industry is huge. It's way bigger than the indie film community. And uh, I, yeah, this, I, I'm not making films for festivals. I don't know if I'll ever have a film in a festival again. It's just not something I'm that interested in. I think festivals are something that used to keep us relevant, and now we're kind of there to keep them relevant, and I don't want to be part of some elitist hierarchy or anything like that. And um, It's also, you know, when you're, when you're doing film festivals and you're, and you're saying, okay, this is going to be our path and it's going to be the festival route, there's a certain complacency and laziness that comes over you. Like, oh, I got my festival laurels. I'm going to be fine now. Everything's going to happen for me. But we're not looking for distribution. We're, we are the distributors. So what are we going there and doing necessarily? You know? So uh, the way I saw it is uh, the festival, uh, uh, Tribeca was hugely helpful in getting the word out about Oxiana and helping even get in, getting this film made. But um, I need a I need a way better argument than the current one about why I should be spending a year on a festival circuit when I could be out making another film. Well, I think with Oxiana, you determined that a lot of your audience was online. Yeah, I think the whole audience is online. <laughs> you know, for all these things, I'm not, we're not, we're realistic. These films are never going to be in theaters. They're they're not going to be a big theatrical draw. They're they're for niche audiences, and they're for they're for we're, they're made for online audiences. You know. And even so much so that like we're we're abandoning the idea of of the feature film and we're just making our films whatever length they kind of need to be. Uh, you know, I feel like that's more conducive to the types of people that are watching them and the types of people that I want to watch them. You know, vying for the attention of the indie film community, it's going to send me down a path where I'm going to end up not being really true to myself and honest with myself. So we're gonna um, we're gonna bypass that whole thing. Well, that being said, then what fuels you to make these fascinating movies? You don't want to do the festival mm -hmm. route. 
you don't want them in, in you don't want the name on the marquee yeah. or it's not that you don't but all yeah. that goes with that is very costly I understand mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. so then what is it that fuels you because there's a lot I'm sure that goes into making these films oh they do did they a beautiful do. job with cameras. you know it's it's it really to me it's about it's about the process and it's about living in the process and that's the same thing for the five or six people that end up working on these things it really is about living the process and getting in there and what we're trying to accomplish with any of the films is is promoting uh, people expanding their consciousness a little bit. You, wa you watch this and you see these people and you accept them for who they are and you understand what they're doing better. And this doesn't, isn't just for cam girls, it's for all the stuff I'm trying to make. And if, if that can influence you to be a better person or look at people different or, or look at uh, you know, your niece who's a cam girl without judgmental eyes as much, you know, all these things can really, together when you kind of look at them as this, as this beautiful mosaic, they can, they can increase and, and expand your consciousness. And if there's any goal, it's just that acceptance and understanding. What part of that process, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, because there's so many steps, that initial yeah. idea, yeah. reaching out to that one contact that's yeah, going to get critical. you access. Yeah. What's the most exciting for you? And then what's the, the toughest part? Um, wow, that, that's an interesting question. Uh, you, know, you know, what's really exciting is right before we put them out, because you know how good it is. And you know, you kind of have a sense that that people are going to respond to it, and you've gone through it all, and that's that's really exciting. But because because once once it's actually released, it's not yours anymore. It's kind of everyone's to project on it whatever they want, and I love that. So I just, I'm really excited those those few moments with your baby, you know, alone with your child. I I really get excited by that. But um, you know, I feel like the, the most frustrating part is when is when you have the movie in your head and you haven't done anything yet. You haven't found a subject. You haven't um, have found a title, you know, or or you do have a title and you have ideas of how it should look and how it should feel and what the tone is, but you know the process hasn't even begun. That can be a really anxiety-ridden uh, process for a documentarian because you kind of get this sense that like the world is passing you by. There's things going on and we're not out there capturing it. So it's like this super like oh, and it's, and especially you know with, with with people out there like like Vice who who turn these things out with such persistence and uh, you know they're they're kind of terrible like it makes it tough because I, I think like oh, I'm taking on something called cam girls and it's gonna take me a year and a half to, to, to really sink my teeth into this and do it properly and do it justice and get it out there vice could do this in a week and a half and and it kind of it, that, that can be frustrating and uh, that that it all happens in that part of the process where, where you're really vulnerable where you're really vulnerable because it's just an idea and you're the only one that really understands it so that, that's the part of the process that um, I'm learning to enjoy more and, and getting more in the moment of, but uh, it's the most frustrating part for sure. Real quickly, I want to just talk about uh, the cam girls in the film, some of whom were in committed relationships, mm -hmm. they had families. Um, how, how did that all work in terms of you're coming in with the camera and, uh, you know, it's, was it sensitive at some point? Um, uh, yeah, it, it was. It was sensitive uh, for a, a couple of the girls who didn't want to say, "I have a boyfriend," because it might hurt them financially. But for the most part, the vast majority of them were, if they were inviting us into their life, and if we were going to take them the time and money to go film with them, it was like, it's kind of got to be all or nothing. So you know, we would show up, and if there was a boyfriend or something around, I would say, "Dude, man, this is your life, man. Let me. Let, can we film you? You know and." We weren't really met with uh, any resistance when it came to that. I think 
those are the people that understand and support these women more than anyone is their significant others. A lot of them are, are intricately involved in the business but behind the scenes. So to be able to get them in there and show their normal relationships and that side of their family life, I think it, it starts a process of normalizing this, which is kind of the goal, you know, is, is to normalize this and open up a, a discussion about sex and sex work that, you know, that kind of maybe updates all of our values. And lastly, the film being received in the adult film world versus indie filmmaking world. Mm -hmm. um, which has been sort of more uh, interested in the film? It seems like the adult video world. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the adult industry has and is beginning to embrace this. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that they expected this to be good at all, but our, our screening in Vegas went really well and we made a lot of really good connections there. And who knows what will come of any of that stuff, but it's been really, really humbling to just see them rally around it. And, you know, it's really told me a lot about that industry. And uh, yeah, they, they rallied around me much more than, than anyone in the indie film community ever did. You know, you know th those, those I, I've, I've had some great, uh, I, I've had some great experiences in the indie film world. And I've also had some that would, that would discourage most people from even continuing to do this. So that's not happening in the adult industry. They're used to dealing with adversity. And uh, yeah, they, they were just so supportive, so supportive.